I'm Jesse Opoyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about the 2018 elections in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's partisan primary is fast approaching on Tuesday, August 14th, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm really tired and looking forward to getting on the other side of this, uh, and I bet all of you are too, especially those of you who are following this as closely as I have been. For my final interview before the primaries, I talked with Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tony Evers. He is one of the eight Democrats running for governor. He's been leading in just about every poll we've seen measuring the Democratic primary field. First, we're going to round up the news from the week, uh, then tune in for my conversation with Tony Evers. Right. Joining me uh, this week, we've got Jason Joyce and Eric Lawrenson uh, tripling up because I've been on the road during the week working on a story and I'm really tired and I have no idea what's going on. Hello. <laughs> these people do. Hello, tired, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for stepping up. Um, there was a debate in Madison. All of the gubernatorial Democratic candidates, except for Malin Mitchell, were here in Madison uh, earlier this week, and I was not. But Jason, you were. I was. Um, it was quite an event. Um, there were they the the uh, the fans or the the spectators just <laughs> the fans. fans, right? <laughs> there was some fan like behavior there, um, but they they crowded Madison Central Library. It was a hot ticket to get in. They they filled the room to capacity, and I'm told um, that they even filled the overflow room to capacity. So wow. people Whoa. just straight up turned away. And a lot of folks are really – they're maybe down to two or three, but they still haven't made the decision about who they're actually going to vote for in the primary. So we saw some people with notepads out last night taking notes, really trying to engage in the process and uh, hopefully, I suppose, in their minds, uh, get to a point where they can go to the ballot box next Tuesday um, with, with some, you know, some clear ideas of who they're supporting. So do you feel like um, listening to that debate, knowing we're less than a week away from the primary, do you feel like there were any discernible differences that may have helped someone decide? They were very much in agreement on a lot of things, which is a which is a theme that we've heard so far. And they do make it a point, I feel, most of the, the uh, candidates make it a point of supporting each other. You hear a lot of, you know, amen or me too, and I'm, I agree with everyone up here and just want to add something. Um, that's definitely a theme. Um, it, it might just be that they're trying to separate themselves with their own personalities. We saw some of that last night. We saw a little bit of joking around. That's maybe the level that they're trying to connect with people at this point, like get to know me, like me, feel safe in voting for me. I will say the one exception to that broad rule of congeniality you observed seemed to be the case of Matt Flynn, the Milwaukee attorney who went after Tony Evers, who's uh, been leading in the polling that we've we've seen, implying that Evers' education budget was like Republican light and, you know, taking what Evers described as cheap shots. Yeah. You know, Matt Flynn has kind of been the one candidate who has been willing to go out a little bit more on a limb in terms of going after his fellow Democrats. And he's really zeroed in on Tony Evers in most of those arguments because Tony Evers has been the front runner. And Matt Flynn has tried to make the case that it's really a contest between the two of them. Um, and he's called Tony Evers Republican light a couple times. And finally, it sounds like uh, this time Tony Evers didn't really respond to that too kindly. Yet he immediately got up to uh, to rebut, um, said to Flynn, you know, that he thought it was a cheap shot and that it came from someone he respected. So it got a little bit personal there for sure. 
when you talk to political insiders or those who are a little more tapped in, at least in the Madison area, you're hearing a lot that this is coming down more to Tony Evers and Kelda Royce or Malin Mitchell. And Matt Flynn, following the debate, took issue with that. He did an interview with the Associated Press where he said, uh, Kelda Royce and Malin Mitchell don't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning the nomination or winning against Scott Walker. And um, so far, it seems like all three of the candidates that uh, Matt Flynn has gone after trying to avoid hitting back. I think there's a there's a fine line to walk in terms of asserting yourself and being aggressive against what are your opponents right now, but are also the people whose supporters you're going to need and whose support you're going to need if you are the nominee going forward. So, you know, all of this is leading up to the primary election, which is on Tuesday. Uh, it's not just the governor's race, although we're focusing on that in this conversation, but there's a Senate primary, Republican Senate primary between Leah Vukmir and Kevin Nicholson. And there are also a handful of legislative primaries, depending on which part of the state you live in. Here in Madison, there's a pretty pretty, um, you know, well-disputed um, assembly uh, Democratic primary in the in the 77th district um, with four candidates, um, each one of them with their own constituency. Again, because of the sort of the Democratic nature of this city, there's not a ton of emphasis on the, um, on the uh, Republican Senate primary, but that is definitely taking sort of front stage in other parts of the state. Yeah, and we've seen, I think, in recent weeks that get a little bit more heated and more contentious, um, really coming down to more of a question of were you with Trump and how long were you with Trump um, as a Republican nominee? And I think both uh, candidates are trying to make the case, trying to make the case of aligning themselves with the president. Yeah, Jesse, you did mention that. I mean, I mean, historically speaking, and this is not really surprising. I mean, turnout historically for a you know, a primary during an off year is not great. Yeah, on not average. presidential year, that is. <laughs> right. Um, the Wisconsin Election Commission sent out some numbers this week. On average, over the last decade, turnout for the state's partisan primary has been 15.23% of the voting age population. So not, not you know, the numbers that anyone would like to see. Uh, probably the people who are listening to this particular podcast are the kind of people who show up in that 15.23%. But uh, if you're not one of them, we hope to just remind everyone to go cast their vote on August 14th. The the interesting thing about Madison, of course, is that if you are under the age of 25 in Madison, wouldn't you say this is a good generalization? You're moving that day. That is the day That's that right. all, <laughs> That's right. all leases in Madison by no reason, of, you know, <laughs> other than it just the way it is, uh, come to an end on on August fourteenth. Yeah, they'll have to they'll have to make a, a special uh, schedule that day. To <laughs> everyone, by the yep. everyone, place. take a second to just lock up that U-Haul. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. set down the packing tape. All right. Well, uh, should we listen to Tony Evers? Let's. Let's. Looking forward it. to it. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start with a really easy question. Tell me why you're running for governor. Well, after I was reelected state superintendent a few years ago, I never thought I would be sitting here talking to anybody about uh, running for governor. But it's clear that in order to ensure that our public education system thrived at a good level, that uh, I just couldn't do it uh, as state superintendent. Uh, and you know, the governor gets ninety percent of any governor. Republican or Democrat gets 90% of their budget passed. And so I thought if I really want to make a difference, and I always believe that 
all the issues around state government and the state really do revolve around education as a, as a starting block. So whatever is good for kids is good for our economy and our, especially our democracy. And I felt that was under threat. So it was time to move to the next level. What do you think sets you apart from your opponents besides the fact that you are leading in polls right now? Yes. Well, <laughs> that's an important you one. You can talk about that too. Yeah, that's an important one. But I think, first of all, I'm a statewide candidate. And last time, you know, I've won three times. Last time I won seventy percent of the vote, and and won seventy of seventy-two counties. Even uh, almost won in Waukesha County and won in Ozaukee County. So I, people understand uh, who I am, and they, you know, they've been supportive of me. The other thing that's really important that I think uh, separates me from the rest of the group is that, uh, uh, and first of all, the rest of the group are great people. I would never belittle or. This uh, any of them, but I've lived primarily my profession. My wife and I have lived and our kids all across Central Wisconsin, and um, that's an important part of the state. People know me there, you know, from Toma to Oakfield to the Fox Valley, and that's a lot. A lot of the people in this race or that vote in the not only the primary but the general election are from Central Wisconsin. We need to win those races and uh, in those counties, and I've won. And going back to the 70 or 72 counties, I've never lost a county in northern or central Wisconsin, never. The last thing, frankly, is around uh, making sure that the next governor is able to be governor on day one. I've run things, I've, whether it's schools or school districts. I'm now in charge of an agency that uh, uh, is ultimately responsible for 860,000 kids and 100,000 adults that work with them. I know state government, and uh, I, I will. there will be no assembly required on, on me from day one. The elections that you've run in are obviously different than running in, in a gubernatorial race, both in turnout and just the way that you have to run a campaign. But why do you think that you have had as much success as, as you have um, winning in, in a pretty polarized state? Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think there are certain issues that uh, thread the needle, and education is certainly one of them. Uh, over the last four general elections, there have been over well over a million people that have actually voted to increase taxes on themselves for the schools. That means, A, they support their schools, and more importantly, B, the state's not doing their job uh, as far as funding schools. But half of those people, at least half of them, voted for Donald Trump. So education is, it's around Wisconsin values. It's not around Democratic values or Republican values. It's around uh, Wisconsin values. And I think you can say that about very lots of other issues, whether it's natural resources in the state, our water use, whether it's around health care, whether it's around infrastructure. I mean, I'll just use that as, as an example. Every place I go in the state, people are really annoyed about the state of their infrastructure, whether it's internet, roads, self-service, you name it. And I can tell you that it's not just Democrats that care about that stuff. It's Republicans and independents, too. So I think it's, yes, name recognition is important. I think people, by and large, feel I've done uh, a good job as state superintendent. But they also understand how important these values are to our state. And that crosses all sorts of divides. So talk to me a little bit about your background before politics. Okay. Um, you uh, you know, were an educator for a long time. and. That's I thought a, you were going to ask me about when I was a child. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> like, we can we can dig deep. We can no, start. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I mean, you you grew up in Plymouth, right? Yeah. You you were an educator. You've worked throughout the state. Right. But how did 
all of that come together to get you where you are now? It's a great question. The uh, I, I do take it back to uh, uh, when I was a child, actually. Um, my father was uh, a physician, but he worked for Sheboygan County, and he ran a tuberculosis sanatorium. And we li- actually lived on the grounds. And, and back then, he was the only physician for hundreds of patients, and he saw every patient every day. And uh, I really learned... Uh, a solid lesson around the issue of social justice and, and dealing with pe- people's needs. And so that was a great experience for me. And my mother was kind of cut out of the same cloth. And, and so that was my upbringing. Uh, and, uh, you know, from there, it, uh, it's, education was a natural way to uh, uh, address social justice issues. And uh, that's what brought me to become an educator. Um, I am proud to be a progressive from Plymouth. It's uh, for those those who listen to this. It's the cheese capital of the world. In, it case, is. in case no one else knows, actually, there's <laughs> some uh, there's a connection with Donald Trump there now too because his tariffs are absolutely devastating the the folks that make and process cheese in our in our state, including my friends in Plymouth. But um, had uh, met my wife in kindergarten. Our first date was junior prom. All that is true. <laughs> people, when I say that, people eyes start rolling. But that's the way it works. We have three kids, seven grandkids, and uh, we're Wisconsinites at heart. So, in the last month or two, really, uh, you know, as, as you've continued to lead in the polls, Scott Walker started calling himself the education governor. Yeah. Which you, you don't seem to uh, be too impressed with that. Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, first of all, this year notwithstanding, and I have to say this year, he, for all intents and purposes, adopted my budget. And when I proposed that budget to him, I never at any time thought this got got us back to goal uh, when he first got in office, when he took you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars out of the public school system. So, yeah, it was a good budget because it was mine, but we are nowhere near where we should be. So I'm looking forward to not just uh, submitting my new budget to Governor Walker. I'm looking forward to submitting my new budget to me. (laughs) And I think I'll have a better chance of getting in the governor's budget. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) One would hope. I think that's going to be, if, if you are the, the candidate to face Governor Walker in the fall, it'll be interesting to see how education is discussed because you have had to work with him, you know, right. on, on the last few years. So how do you draw the contrast of what you've been able to cooperate on, what you've been able to work together on sure. and show that, you know, what you would do differently? Certainly. And a lot of those issues that we actually worked together on were issues around like dual enrollment things and career and technical education, making sure that kids continue to have Lots of options available to them, at, especially at the high school level, and so I that was good education. So I, I'm not uh, I'm not afraid that I cooperated and worked with him on on those issues. But the fact of the matter is, I have a K through 20 experience. I'm also on the board of regents of the University of Wisconsin system and the technical college system board, and uh, the just looking at the funding piece, it's been traumatic for all three of those uh, those organizations. You know, we've gone from a 50% uh, uh, support for the students in the higher uh, University of Wisconsin system to 15. You know, we're pushing or, uh, some of our outstate campuses to become, you know, dropping the humanities, for God's sakes. So we, 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 have to, we have to change things so that we have 
good values around what's important going forward. And if he's bold enough to make that anointment of himself, he'll probably be calling himself the environmental governor too, uh, which would be equally ridiculous. Whether it's uh, your time as state superintendent or your time in the classrooms, can you name some of your professional accomplishments that you're particularly proud of? Absolutely. I was the author of uh, uh, Sparsity Aid uh, when I was deputy state superintendent. We, I proposed it to, on behalf of State Superintendent Burmester to the, um, the Rural Advisory Committee. They endorsed it, and, and it became law. And it continues to be a huge funding source for rural schools. Uh, I, I would say some of the other areas that, that I feel good about, and it's areas where we need to make significantly more progress. But um, we have made some progress in some of our urban areas that uh, uh, is bearing fruit. And it, it's through our investments of discretionary funds that we have at the department with Milwaukee Public Schools and other urban areas. You know, do we do we have a, a achievement gap problem in the state? Yes, yes, we do. A lot of it's related to issues of race and poverty. And uh, some of that is frankly outside of the K-12 arena. But uh, we've, we've done some really unique and, and uh, uh, strong things with uh, urban districts as it relates to professional development. So the biggest attack on you so far from Republicans has been this case a few years back um, with the middle school teacher in Middleton District who was viewing pornography at school. Um, his license was unable to be revoked and right. he uh, was reinstated. You got into some, like a dueling billboard uh, <laughs> war with the Republican Party recently over this. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you just talk a little bit about what, what that case was like from your perspective sure. um, from DPI and, and what's changed since sure. then? Sure. And uh, that was a um, very difficult case. I mean, it's clearly uh, people of Wisconsin and me as state superintendent don't want activities like that going on in the schools. But the fact of the matter is the way the law was written back then, it didn't uh, allow me to revoke that license. And so we didn't. But then we worked hard with the legislature to make the changes necessary so that we toughen that up. And I, basically, I did my job. So it's interesting to be able to, to criticize me for doing my job, but I have to follow the law too. And but we change the law and uh, and we move on and uh, we're continuing to revoke licenses at the state and you know people that aren't thinking through this real carefully the number of revocations as compared to the number of teachers in the state of Wisconsin is minuscule and our teachers are good solid professionals highly qualified and however when someone is acting in a way that's going to be detrimental to the health and safety of kids, we're going to take action. And that's what we do. You talked in your convention speech at the state convention about health care. Your line was, you beat cancer and you'll beat Scott Walker, too. Right. How's your experience with that shaped the way that you're, you're running for governor now? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. I, I, I can never overestimate the impact of beating cancer has on my life. Uh, I had esophageal cancer and had great health care. You know, that's one of the fortunate things uh, in our lives that in my personal life is that I have good health care plans. But um, uh, I had great doctors. They got it early. They did what they had to do to fix me. And uh, uh, I feel it. But it, it does give you a different view of life. Esophageal cancer is a pretty dangerous uh, thing. And uh, I was able to beat it. And it, it made it's not that I wasn't uh, a risk taker before, but I'm certainly less risk averse than I have been. And uh, uh, 
you know, it played a role. It played a huge role. And, and the idea, you know, it goes into the healthcare arena when we talk about pre-existing conditions and uh, how, you know, if somebody has a pre-existing condition, which uh, I would fall into that category, how in the world would we deny people with those uh, those conditions either good health care or jack up their premiums uh, because of that? That it's a right. Healthcare, it's good health care is right. My, I watched my father uh, practice that for many, many years. And um, we, we have to get our state and our country in a place where everybody is getting the best health care possible. And what we can do as a state level is clearly, you know, take the Medicaid money. Get, you know, there's a reason that Affordable Care Act is half the cost in Minnesota than it is here. And it's because Walker decided not to take the money not to take the exchanges. The things that have been done, frankly, have cost us money that we could be using Medicaid money for, and then therefore it's not going to schools or roads or other things that are important. So his decision-making around this issue has been traumatic, to say the least. So if you are elected, um, what are your top policy priorities? Clearly, and this won't be any surprise to anybody, education is a top priority of mine, and we're we're going to do everything we can to uh, change that outlook going forward, because it is the basis of our democracy in this state. But also a top priority of mine, and uh, this is something I'd like to talk about even more, because we we need to have some bipartisan wins in this state. Uh, You know, people get engaged when they're polarized. There's no question about that. But at the end of the day, most people want something accomplished, and polarization usually doesn't allow that to happen. And I'll I'll use roads for example. Scott Walker is the only one that's kind of standing in the way to fixing our transportation issue. When we have studies showing that uh, if we take every major road project that's in line to be fixed, uh, it's going to take 70 years to get them done. And we'll be replacing the Marquette Interchange at the same time. And we need money for mass transit. And we need money for people uh, in small municipalities to put, fix their potholes. Those, those folks are represented by Republicans. And they get it. And it, it, there's been a reluctance to stand up to the governor and say, hey, we have bad roads. We don't want to take the asphalt off our roads and go to gravel roads. I can't imagine our state wanting the um, the, the motto to be, Move to Wisconsin, you can drive on gravel roads again. I think uh, transportation issues are something that we can do uh, bipartisan. I think there's other things we can do in a bipartisan way. People want to make sure that their water that they drink is drinkable. And we, we need to balance the needs of the business world with the needs of uh, our kids and our families who are drinking water that is not drinkable. So I just think there are some things that are really critical that uh, we can have a win. And I just, the people of Wisconsin want that. I know people love to be polarized. You know, Lord knows that Donald Trump's given us all sorts of things to be polarized about. But at the end of the day, most people just want things fixed and running correctly. And I think that's a, that's a priority for me too. Can you name some, something or some things that Scott Walker has done well while he's been in office? Uh, he has, I'll use things that he's worked with me on, uh, issue of, I'll use dual enrollment, for example. And I, I think dual enrollment has some really obvious benefits. It makes uh, education cheaper for young people as they move into higher education, get 
get uh, credit at the high school level and at the secondary level. He and I have worked on that hard, and we we message around that a lot. I think I think that's a win, and uh, I give him credit around that. Although I was involved with that, but by and large, um, his record has been. Uh, from day one, and that, that's that's where things, frankly, went off the rails. Not just uh, not just the rail, railroad money we gave up, but when he's talking early on to one of his supporters, saying we're going to divide and conquer this state, that is just BS. I mean, we 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 cannot afford in this state to say we're going to pit people against each other in order to accomplish things. That. That tainted just about everything he did going forward. That was a bad move on his part, and uh, um, I, I, I just don't see, I don't see how uh, we can get out from underneath that without uh, defeating him. care about this state deeply and these issues are going to be with me for a long time. Us talking about a five-year plan is not helping me. It may be fine for you, but it's not helping me. Now, whether they're from the community, I don't care. Whether they're from space, I don't care. As long as they can provide the best visual experience for Madison. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. These are Cap Times Talks, smart conversations about big topics in Madison. Look for Cap Times Talks on iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. Are you ready to move into the, the fun part of the interview? Oh, sure. All right. Yes. This is lightning I, round I, style. Well, the other stuff was fun, <laughs> that's too. fun, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Good. That's, okay. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's your favorite Wisconsin beer? I would have to say Miller Lite. Oh. I, know that, I know there's all sorts of craft beers out there, but yeah. I, I was... Uh, uh, born and raised uh, in a different time. At the craft, <laughs> there were no craft beers back then. And so I'd say Miller Lite. All right. What's the best advice that your, your parents or someone who was important to you gave you when you were growing up? Huh. I would say um, I'm going to talk about my favorite teacher. I know this is lightning wrong, but that's okay. The, it was a high school teacher that most people thought he was kind of a uh, difficult person to deal with. I, I really enjoyed him because he was a history teacher at the high school level, and he he taught students how to think like historians. And I'll, I'll never forget that because you know it, it's easy to look at these different content areas or different things uh, as separate, but he helped me connect the dots between history and biology and all these other things. So the idea of connecting the dots, I think, was a really good lesson for me to learn and I still use to this day. So this is less of a lightning round question, but you you met your wife in kindergarten. Yeah. You went on your first date to junior prom. Yeah. Uh, what happened in between? Well, yeah, what was the courtship? <laughs> it was a, <laughs> long, a long, long, very long courtship. She didn't like me much between kindergarten and, and junior and high school. Well, we went to school together with... Uh, all the same kids. We we go back to um, we've been to every class reunion every five years in Plymouth, and uh, uh, so we've uh, we just known each other forever. We went to school together, and it took yeah. Courtship was a long, uh, arduous affair for me because <laughs> it took me you know dozens of years to uh, get her to actually go out on a date with me. But it's been good. She's uh, she's a, been a huge uh, rock for me in my life and. Uh, um, it's, she's a major reason for 
our kids being so great and uh, and our marriage lasting for so long. How long have you guys actually been married? Oh, gosh, you have to ask that. Uh, <laughs> I was married in 1972, so we can do the math. Sure. It's, it's a bunch. And uh, we've been, just as an aside, we've been to every state fair for the last 51 years. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's probably the only thing. I mean, we, we're not big on traditions, and that is one of the few traditions we have. What's the, what are your, like, must-sees or must-dos at the state fair? Oh, watching, the, uh, watching uh, kids exhibit their animals. Absolutely. Last year, it was amazing. First time I've ever seen it. There's young people showing, uh, it was a swine competition, and they're showing their pigs, and they, and they had um, uh, cognitively disabled adults paired with each, each kid. And the kids were, were and the, the adults were showing these animals together, and it was just like, yeah, this is this is what uh, this is a good thing to watch. What's the, the your favorite concert that you've attended? Oh, there's some that I I'm really angry with myself for never attending. I, I Janis Joplin was one of my absolute favorite favorite musicians. A couple times I've had an opportunity to uh, uh, go see her, and I never did. We did go through um, a country western period of our lives together, where I'd say about a dozen years we were country western fans, and we saw Reba McIntyre probably two or three times. Yeah. Extraordinary talent and just a, a fun concert, and that's that's the that, that's been a fun thing. We've we've morphed into different music uh, <laughs> stuff over time, and uh, it's it's been good from Janis Joplin to Reba McIntyre. How about that? That's pretty good range. Yes, uh, sure. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no yeah. longer so into the country western stuff, or just uh, now, not so active. No, it, it just um, it it became too big. When we enjoyed it, it wasn't a big thing. And now it's like this huge mega entertainment industry. So no, we're, we're in a pretty much uh, listening to uh, oldies, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Janice. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any pet peeves? When people talk around an issue instead of talking directly around an issue, uh, I can remember at one point in my career, I won't. I'll try to be vague around this so the person I'm talking about uh, doesn't doesn't reflect reflect my comments upon my comments. But uh, she she had this um, innate ability to talk around an issue when somebody asked her a question. I said, "Hey, you have to realize that when you do that, people just assume you're lying because you, you, they can see around." you're not directly answering a question. And so that con- that is continuing to be a pet peeve. And frankly, that's one of the problems of politicians in general yeah. is they talk around issues instead of directly. Yeah. Um, do you have a political role model or role models? Um, yes. I And this is going to sound odd, but uh, as much as I uh, hated the, our our incursion into Vietnam, Lyndon Johnson is a hero of mine. I mean, he he took uh, a very difficult issue of race and poverty in this country and uh, made it as his own, was bold about it. I, I remember when he signed one of the civil rights laws, he correctly said, this will lose the South to the Democrats, maybe forever. And uh, it just took a lot of courage for him to do it. And clearly, he made some horrible foreign policy mistakes. But he, he is somebody that uh, I, I, I view as a role model. Uh, another one from the education world is uh, uh, Albert Schenker. Actually, he was the president of the 
uh, teacher union president uh, from years ago. He, he had this really good ability to be um, strident around the things he believed in, but he also was one that was able to, at the end of the day, if he felt he could make some progress, he could find common ground, he would. And I think that's a really important uh, characteristic, uh, and I, I hope uh, in, at some level I do the same. So you grew up in Plymouth. Yeah. Uh, you live in Madison now, yeah. and you live elsewhere throughout the state. Right. Is there a place in Wisconsin that you feel most at home? Oh, that's a great question. I, I, I can't say that because every place we've lived, it's been our favorite place. And you know, clearly, living in Madison now, it's fun. Both Kathy and I like to ride bikes. Uh, there couldn't be a better place to ride bikes in the state, I would guess. But uh, we lived in Oshkosh. I thought that was a great place to raise kids. Uh, kids went to high school there, um, had great restaurants, Toma. No, I, I, we fully engaged in every place we lived, and I think that's the important thing. Uh, running a campaign is stressful. Yeah. Uh, running a statewide agency, also stressful. Right. Uh, what do you do to relax? Um, ride bikes. Yeah, I would say ride bikes. Uh, yesterday, I had like this 45-minute slot where I was at home, and Kathy happened to be home too. So we walked the square, went up to Monona Terrace, and we getting exercise is really important, and not just for physical but mental too. So I'd say that I'm a avid uh, reader of trashy junk novels. Uh, <laughs> I, I've had to cut back on that just because that, that folds into my sleep time, which is kind of precious too. But uh, yes, I love spy novels. I read, I read them. You know, it's it's nice to kind of be brain dead for a short, uh-huh. short period of time, and uh, uh, that helps refresh me. That's that's good. Give me some examples. What it, uh, I, I, book Bub. I don't know if you ever heard of Book Bub. Mm-hmm. It's you you tell them what you like. Okay, and they. And they sell you Kindle books for 99 cents or free. So it gives you the level of the quality of it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's trashy novels. I, I'm reading one now that somebody's trying to rescue somebody in North Korea of all places uh, with a, a group of CIA people. And, of course, you know, somebody's going to get killed. And uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fun. It's a way to fall asleep at night. Yeah, a little escapism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you had a Wisconsin bucket list, so something that is stereotypically associated with, with Wisconsin that you've never done or would like to do, what would that be? Oh, gosh, we've done so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would like to – do, I do spend a lot of time in my professional life in northern Wisconsin, but uh, Kathy and I have never really spent a lot of time recreating there together. We've never done any bike trails up north, and I know that that would be a, a fun thing to do. Uh, so we, we've been all over the state uh, in other ways, but we've, our biking is usually local. It'd be nice to slap them on the back of the car and go up north. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, you ready for the last one? Sure. This is a lot of pressure on you coming from the cheese capital of the world, yes. favorite Wisconsin cheese. Oh, my gosh. Um, I will say Munster. Uh, it, it is a cheese that has a, a great history here in Wisconsin and uh, – uh, it's something that melts great. So I, I would say Munster. I like all cheese. Uh, the story I have around cheese is that I, I hated it as a kid. What? I hated it until I started work. I worked in three separate cheese factories in Plymouth, and my, my high-level job was scraping mold off of cheese. 
And one time I was scraping about a half inch to an inch mold off of some sharp cheddar, and I thought, I got to try this. I might like. <laughs> and I tried it, and I liked it, and I've been a cheese-crazed person ever since. So <laughs> I started out hating it, and now it's a big part of my life. You saw the light. You yeah. saw the light. <laughs> yes, bring on the monster. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. I will let you close us with any last words you'd like to leave people with. Yeah, well, the last words are, are this. I... Clearly, I feel we are in a good position to win this race. Uh, but uh, I also say that, uh, and I, I have to give a salute to my fellow Democrats who are running. A lot of people say, oh, my God, it'd be great if there's few of you and so on. That doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, it makes it more complex, no question. It makes it more complex about raising money. But at the end of the day, Democrats, I think, are showing the state of Wisconsin, what they stand for. And uh, and so I'll, I will be extremely proud if I win, and I believe at the end of the day I will persevere uh, to represent not only them but the Democrats of the state and providing a great campaign going forward against Scott Walker that isn't just about beating the living daylights out of him. We've done that three times. We've lost. We absolutely have to have a positive vision for the future based on some really important values that I talked about before. So I'm really looking forward to uh, that race against Scott Walker, but I, I also have to say that this process during the primary has worked out to really raise issues to a different level. So I'm really happy about that. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll be back every Friday with new episodes, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for us, you can leave us a rating or review. Tweet at me at Opie or email me at J-O-P-O-I-E-N at Madison.com. We'll be back next week to talk about the results of the August 14th primary elections, so don't forget to go vote. <laughs>